athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Thank you for joining me on another edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. I tell you, this has been a boy for the U.S. This has been a an extremely, extremely tough weekend. You know, you we had the incident, the unfortunate incident with the um, killing of Alton Sterling uh, in Baton Rouge by the uh, police, by the police. Um, earlier in the week and um, you know you know that was one thing and then um, you know you wake up Thursday morning and you hear about what happened in St. Paul Minnesota with the killing of Philando Castile and in the whole um, video that his girlfriend showed the aftermath uh, and not only just the aftermath of the shooting but actually while I mean uh, this this man is is essentially dying from his wounds as she's recording with you have an officer still having his gun pointed there. Um, and then uh, on Friday morning, I, I wake up and uh, actually I was watching CNN because of all of these things. The thing that the incidents that happened with Alton Sterling and uh, Philando Castile. And while I'm watching that uh, on fr- on uh, Thursday night, there were some reports of some sh- of police being shot at in Dallas. But, you know, as I went to bed, uh, nothing, you know, there was no further um, information really about it. And you wake up on Friday morning and to find out that there had been five Dallas police officers killed and six more uh, wounded. <laughs> I immediately got on my knees and began to pray because I mean this. Oh man, I, I you know I I don't I don't you know I don't really know what to say. The, the incident in Dallas is 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 uh, it, it's despicable. I mean, it, it, there's no other way to put it. The violence has the, the hatefulness. It's got to stop. You know, you don't make it. We don't make an indictment on all police officers, and police have definitely a tough job. But we don't make an indictment on all police officers because of the actions of a few. And, and certainly, when you look at the Alton Sterling case in Baton Rouge, uh, you look at the Philando Castile uh, case in uh, Saint Paul, Minnesota. I mean, just, just. Uh, unbelievable that this had to happen to these two men and this you know we can go back to any number of of different incidences that have happened to black men you look at you know freddie gray 
in Baltimore. You look at, um, you know, what happened in Ferguson. You look at the gentleman that was gunned down as he was running away um, from the officer in South Carolina last year. I mean, black men are are being killed at the hands of the police. And it is uh, it's got to stop. I mean, that's got to stop. It's not an indictment on all police officers. So what happened in Dallas on Thursday evening, just, you know, really no words for for that. I mean, that is just inexcusable that that happened. And and I just feel for all of these families, I feel for the families of Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, yet again, um, mothers having to bury their children, um, family members having to bury their young people, you know, younger people for no reason. And certainly our hearts go out to the all of Dallas and, and those that lost the police officers that lost their lives and those that are injured. Boy, this this it, it, it's got to stop. Uh, we got a lot to get to uh, today on from the press box to press row. Once again, thank you for joining us on the program um, listen, Kevin Durant really was the big news of the week, and I guess to some degree still is with his signing uh, of now Golden State, a two-year deal within a player option for a second year, and that was a bit of a shot. I, I really thought that Kevin Durant would stay in Oklahoma City, but has chosen now to come to Golden State. And, you know, I like the move for Golden State, I don't really have a problem with it from Kevin Durant's standpoint. I'm going to get more into that. Um, but, hey, I mean, you have an opportunity to win a championship. Golden State is now that much better. You're already talking about the second-best team this past year. Now they're that much better with Kevin Durant. Who do you guard? You got three legitimate three-point shooters on the wing plus some other guys that can stroke it, uh, including, of course, Green. So, I mean, this is a big move, a big-time move for Golden State. Um, as sad as they were for losing the NBA championship, it only, I think, lasts or lasts now for a couple of weeks until the signing of Kevin Durant, and now they have to be the number one contenders uh, for the NBA championship. So talk a lot more about the Kevin Durant situation. Also, um, <laughs> towards the latter part of the week, what has grabbed headlines now is the fact that Dwayne Wade has signed with the Chicago Bulls after the after the 13 seasons in Miami. He has now signed with the Chicago Bulls. I have some thoughts on that. I you know, I can kind of see it from both sides of this thing and I, I would lean more towards um uh, Dwayne Wade and why he signed um the Heat w- was offering him 2 years at at $20 million per year or two years, $40 million. And Chicago was offering him two years at $47 million, as much money as Dwayne Wade has made. And he, he, he's, he's made some money. And, and, and again, you have to kind of comparatively look at this thing because if you look at Dwayne Wade and his salaries or his contracts, not for, and I think I saw this graphic, it was either for one or maybe for no season was he the high ever the highest paid player on the Miami Heat and so now it is his time 
and I would agree with him that he certainly should get paid. I mean, in the bigger scheme of things, $7 million to you and me is a lot of money. $7 million, I think, in the bigger scheme of things with all of the money that Dwayne Wade has been able to make, not only with contracts but endorsements, is um, – you know, it's 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 I don't want to say minute, cause, you know, seven million dollars is seven million dollars. But compared to what he's made, it's not it's not that much. But I'll tell you what, I mean, I got to side with Dwayne Wade a little bit on this because, I mean, I think Miami should have taken care of Dwayne Wade for all of the years and the loyalty that he had to the Miami Heat taking pay cuts, not being the highest paid player yet. You're, yet what Miami is saying is he's the franchise in the face uh, of the organization, which the two don't mesh to me. So got some more thoughts on that as well. Joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Wars, we talk, of course, NBA and all of the free agency moves that have made been made because those are the two biggest ones, but uh, there are so many other moves. The money, as we talked about last week, has gotten uh, really out of hand in my estimation. It has uh, gotten probably more so even more so out of hand than Major League Baseball contracts. I think the difference um, is that, um, well, there's sort of a uh, a semi-structure with the NBA, but, I mean, with these salaries, I mean, they are just out of control. So Mike Wallace of ESPN.com, the NBA writer, is going to join us to break it all down in all of these free agent signings here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Also joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, John Leguizamo, actor and comedian. John Leguizamo going to join us today here on the program as well. The new film, The Infiltrator, is in theaters on July 13th. So we're going to talk with John Leguizamo about that as well as other things here today on From the Press Box to Press Row. Your participation here on From the Press Box to Press Row is always warranted. Hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. I just think that, uh, first of all, and again, Mike Wallace is going to join us a little bit later on in the program, but when you talk about some of these salaries um, and what some of these guys are making, and I'm all for the players getting their money, uh, you know, I, I'm all for that. I mean, even to the point, I mean, I don't know at this point in his career with all of the injuries that he's had, if Dwayne Wade is even worth the two years, uh, $47 million that Chicago's going to pay him. But, I mean, again, it's, you know, it, it, a lot of times, and especially with a guy like Wade and some of the other faces of the league, it's a lot less about what they're going to bring on the, and I don't want to say less, but it's more about, the return on investment. So when you have Wade and you have LeBron and these other guys, they're going to give you that return on investment in terms of from jersey sales, paraphernalia, etc. So that's where the teams are going to kind of make their money back. And then you have some guys like Mike Conley, five years, $150 million, where it's, it, you know, maybe in that community, meaning in Memphis, he's that guy and you're going to get the residuals on the sales and so forth. But, you know, when you talk about the bigger scope of the NBA, Mike Connolly is not one of the faces of the league. So that's more of those one of those signings where you give the guy that, you know, kind of money because of what he brings to the court and to the team, even though obviously, I mean, you know, in my opinion, he is not worth $30 million. 
dollars a year. The um, contracts have gotten out of hand. Again, if that's the way the structure goes, and by the way, the salary cap goes up next year, then the players should get their money. More of From the Press Box to Press Row on the other side. Whoa, my man knows how to put the ball in the hoop. Did you see that? He's a stud driving to the basket or putting it in from long range. Yeah, I saw it. So he's a stud, the man. We're all impressed. Bob, what's with you, man? You seem depressed. Out of it. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm just down. Well, boys, talk to me, man. What's bothering you? Home is bothering me. Brenda and I haven't hugged, kissed, or made love in weeks because I can't get an erection. We've been boys a long time. I'm going to share something with you. I had that same problem until a month ago. Then I heard about Alpha RX Plus and things changed big time. It brought happiness back into my bedroom, trust and respect from Felicia. How can I try this Alpha Lust? <laughs> it's Alpha RX Plus, and you can learn more at alphaRxplus.com. It's affordable, all natural, no side effects, comes with a money back guarantee. www.alphaRxplus.com or 800-860-1938. Alpha RX Plus. A Budweiser, America, and Florida Georgia Line. I still remember our first big show, Budweiser's in the Air, and hearing the crowd sing our song. That's when it really feels like America is in our hands. And when I'm holding a nice cold Budweiser that says America on the front. (laughs) That too. Cheers. This Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. This segment of From the Press Box to Press Row is being brought to you by Alpha RX Plus. You heard the commercial. A 96% rate in ending erectile dysfunction. And now exclusively for Box to Row listeners, get 10% off Alpha RX Plus at alpharxplus.com. Enter Box to Row, B-O-X, the number 2 R-O-W, B-O-X, the number 2 R-O-W for your coupon at the checkout. Again, a 96% success rate in ending erectile dysfunction for more information and to purchase alpha rx plus log on to their website at alpha rx as we continue here on from the press box to press row and got a special guest on the line as a matter of fact the film infiltrator is in theaters on july 13 and one of the stars of the film boy he has done a bunch of different things he's a comedic guy he's of course an actor been in some great films glad to have him on the line john leguizamo joins us here i'm from the press box to press row john welcome to the program hey great to be here man thank you for having me absolutely now john are you a big sports fan yeah yeah big nick nick mets and jets nick's mets and jets okay okay nick's Mets. but but let me it's been sad to me except for the mets the mets have been doing well well, your thought, I mean, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, Kevin Durant and now Dwayne Wade and all that, but what about the Knicks and especially with, you know, Derrick Rose now joining the fray? And Noah. And Noah. And Noah. Noah joined too. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's hope he can do something, man. Let's hope he's 
you know, they're they're both a little a little I hate to say a little past their prime, but but you know, and they're a little injured. But they are great players, man. If he can revitalize and and be something, the force of nature, I mean, it's going to help us a, a, a lot. Yeah, no question about it. Your thoughts, Dwayne Wade now making his move to uh, to Chicago? Wow, it's I mean, it's a crazy year. I mean, Durant going to Golden State. Everybody's making big, big moves. It's confusing. It's confusing <laughs> at first, man. To see Durant who was the, the nemesis to Golden State, now part of Golden State. It's so weird. It's so hard to adjust, you know, as a fan. Yeah. John Leguizamo. And how many players do they need? How many, how many great players do they need in Golden State? I, I know. Like, John, who That's do you – riches. Right. Like, who do you guard? I mean, who do you guard now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Stefan is going to be mad open all the time now. Yeah. Yeah. That the voice of John Leguizamo joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row, the film infiltrator – is in theaters on July 13th. John, talk to us a little bit about your role. I mean, you're doing so many things and have done so many things. But even before I get to that, you know, I was watching. The, let me take you back. I was watching The Fan the other day. It comes on quite frequently oh, wow. now on Encore, and I was watching that. You had a great role in that film. Yeah, I played a sports agent to, to Wesley Snipes, who was a baseball player, and, and De Niro is, is the fan, but a, an obsessive, sick, twisted fan. It was, it, was, it was fun. It was a fun flick. <laughs> yeah, it was. You, 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 you had a great role there. So the infiltrator, talk to us a little bit about that and, of course, your role as Amir Abreu. Abreu. Am I saying that correctly? Abreu? Abreu. Abreu, Abreu yes. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting movie. It's, about, it's a, a true story about the biggest bank bust in American history in 1986. They, they, they caught these banks money laundering. So Brian Cranston and I played two FBI guys who infiltrate the, the Pablo Escobar ring and the banks and catch the banks. No, no question about it. Um, and now you're, all, you're doing so much right now, John, um, with Ice Age. Now you've been, you, have, you will have been, once the new Ice Age comes out, a part of all the Ice Age series, correct? Can you talk about that and kind of yeah, what yeah, that's meant uh, to you? Oh, it's been incredible, man. It started and it came out in 2002. And here we are, I guess, the, uh, the most sequeled animation movie in history. We're at number five. And, uh, and it's a good one. This, this, this last one is really good, man. I really, really enjoyed it. It's got a lot of fun characters. It's got a lot of fun scenes. It's got a whole new world. I mean, I, they kept it fresh and they... They care about quality. So, you know, as long as they keep making it quality, it still keeps going. Absolutely. The one and only John Leguizamo joins us here on the program. John, when you think about your career, I mean, you've had a phenomenal career. You've been in so many films, so many television series. What, what most comes to your mind? Well, I guess I guess that would have to be my stage, doing my one-man shows for HBO. Uh, I mean, that was what got me acclaim and what got me, you know, give, bring, brings you the most joy because it's the hardest to do. Sure. No question uh, about that. And um, l- let me sort of, I want to take you back sort of to, I guess, really the beginning um, of your career. I mean, when I look at some of the films that you were in, Casualty of Wars and Die Hard 2 and Out for Justice, man, it, I mean, that, that, that you know, that, that to your point, that's sort of the beginnings of your 
career as well. What what most comes yeah, to yeah, your mind when I beginnings because yeah, there were smaller parts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what what most comes to your mind there? Because all of to your point, I mean, all of those things kind of lead up to where you are now as one of the most respected actors in Hollywood. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you got to start somewhere, right? So you start in these movies like Out for Justice with Steven Seagal, and I had a small part, but he was cool. And then, um, and then, and then, Die Hard Two, another kind of small part, but people started noticing, and and then all of a sudden, boom! I go into like a movie like Casualties of War, which is you know, I had a, a major part with uh, Sean Penn and, and Mike Johnson, Riley, Bing Rames. I mean, it was an incredible cast. And then from then on, you know, the roles started getting bigger. Super Mario Brothers, Carlito's Way, and then Tu Wong Fu, Summer of Sam. And, you know, I, I got opportunities to work with some great, great directors and actors. Sure. The, the, and, and, of course, talking about stand-up, uh, a little bit, man. Well, what do you like most? I mean, because you mentioned stage, which you're a little, I think, underrated, you know, a little bit maybe for that. What do you like most when you talk about stage, film, TV, and stand-up? Well, I, I guess I guess the stage is, is like the Olympics of actors. I mean, you get really tested. You know, you got to really, you got to have skills. You can't go there and just, you know, be pretty or, or, or just have a nice smile because that's not going to fly. You got to have skill. Nobody... They can't see all that stuff on stage. So I, I, I like stage because of that, because it's a true test of actors. Yeah, Ghetto Clown, talk to us a little bit about, a little bit about that. Well, Ghetto Clown was, was, was my Broadway show. It got turned to HBO special. And, and it was basically, it was about my life. It was about how I started, you know, uh, class clown and, and, you know, locking the teachers out of the room, getting in trouble. Well, my math teacher is saying to me, you know, Mr. Lesquizamo, if anybody can make, if they can make penicillin out of moldy bread, they can make something out of you here. They do something with your life. And, and he kind of gave me the impetus to turn my life around. And uh, that's when I started acting about 17 years old and doing Miami Vice. So that, that talks about being Miami Vice, uh, working with Pacino and Carlito's way and learning from him, you know, uh, how to, how to, you know, Chew the scenery. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who, who's, who's maybe a couple of more thoughts with, of course, John Leguizamo, gracious enough to join us here on the program. Who's your you, – you've worked with so many guys. You, you talk – you know, the list goes on and on in terms of the actors that you've been able to work with. Who's, who's perhaps the favorite or, your, or some of your most favorite actors that you've been able – you've had the fortune again to work with quite a few talented actors? Yeah. I, I would say, you know – Brian Cranston is, is one of the pretty top, top actors out there because, you know, he, he came to the game sort of late. I mean, he got success late. He's been around forever. But I think that was, that was great for him because he's got crazy chops. He's really genuine and not, you know, he's not, he doesn't have that whole I'm a, I'm a legend kind of thing behind him. So he, he's really so easy to work with, man. He's such a joy to work with. And then lastly, what's next for you? Of course, in, uh, The Infiltrator in theaters, July 13th, Ice Age. Uh, very shortly thereafter, what's next for you? Uh, I'm right now, I'm, I'm, I'm on, uh, doing my next one-man show. I'm here in Berkeley, at the Berkeley Theater Rep, and it's called Latin History for Morons, and that's what I'm doing right now. The Infiltrator comes out July 13th. Also, Ice Age Collision Course comes out July 22nd. Stars... 
our guest here on From the Press Box to Press Row, the one and only John Leguizamo. John, we appreciate the time. Continued success in all oh, you do. Thank you. Great talking to you. Thank you, John. John Leguizamo has had an outstanding career. I mean, as I look at the list of movies that he's been in, I mean, we talk with him about the fan he mentioned to Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Um, which was a really big movie for him. But you talk about Super Mario Bros. You talk about um, Carlito's Way. You know, as I just kind of look down the list here, what's the worst that could happen? He's been in all of the Ice Age um, series. Just, a, you know, uh, really, I, I think I think a guy who's sort of, uh, in a lot of respects, underrated, but has had a really, really solid career. And uh, as you heard, big sports fan loves. He's a, he's a New York New York guy. We would say Knicks, Net Knicks, uh, Jets. Um, so um, talking a little sports and other stuff with John Leguizamo here on from the press box to press row. Of course, uh, uh, we're going to talk a lot of NBA here on the program, or a lot more NBA, I should say, is um, in the next segment. We're going to be joined by Mike Wallace, and uh, of course. Um, Dwayne Wade, boy, I, I never saw that coming, him leaving Miami. And, and this, I mean, to me, you're looking at a Miami team that was one of the, what, five teams that had conversations with Kevin Durant. Just imagine if they could have gotten Kevin Durant with Dwayne Wade and you look at Dragic and Whiteside and some other guys that they have. Um, to in, in, Let's say they could have gotten – a Kevin Durant. You're looking at a serious contender to Cleveland and to, of course, for the NBA championship. To now, you're looking at a boy, a team that you you don't know what's going on. And um, hey, I you know I can definitely understand where Dwayne Wade is coming from. He has never been the highest paid player on his team in any year, and he wanted to get paid. And Miami sort of stood fast and. You know, both both sides are really taking the high road here with, um, of course, Pat Raleigh saying, hey, we want to celebrate him. And um, Dwayne Wade saying, hey, I'm glad to come back home to Chicago, which I don't buy either of that. But we'll talk more with Mike Wallace about this and other things NBA on the other side. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That the voice of Ronda Rousey. It was something that I specifically asked for, not just because I wanted to fight for the Brazilian people, also that I really can't stand this chick, and I would rather beat her in her home country on her own turf so that she knew that she lost with every single possible advantage she could have. That's the voice of Michael Strahan talking with us about his college playing days at Texas Southern. You know, a lot of guys were probably out there partying and in some cases chasing behind the girls. I was working out because I didn't see Texas Southern as being like my stop. That was part of my journey until where I wanted to go. Kevin Hart joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Room. Now, are you going to return to New Orleans for the NBA Celebrity Game to defend your MVP crown? Of course I am, man. I'm trying to three-peat. Right now, it's <laughs> two-time Celebrity All-Star Game MVP. If I can get a three-peat, a three I'm retiring from the game of basketball. I would have done what no man can do. Adrian Peterson. We're strong enough. He built us to be strong enough to endure that. That's powerful. It is. Like, that's powerful. 
that's how easy to put things in perspective and know that, hey, you know, tough times don't come. But if you trust in God, believe in God, he's going to get you through it. Mike Krzyzewski or Coach K, you know, there was an article that came out with the headline stating NBA needs to pull stars from USA Basketball, which is showcasing only Duke's coach. To me, it's absurd because before USA Basketball, Coach K was on the map and winning national championships. However, how do you respond to that? Well, I don't think you have to respond to it because something that comes way out of left field, it's apparent that we don't need USA Basketball to help our program. I've won three national championships before being the USA coach and went to numerous Final Fours and had number one recruiting classes. I think the response from everybody has been, you know, come on. That the voice, of course, of T.I. and some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. No, no question. I'm, I'm still I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're they're not doing too well right now. Well, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We gotta, hey, 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 look, man, we gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> we're joined by Serena Williams. You were in Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue a couple of years ago. You feel like you're a sex symbol. <laughs> I'm just Serena, and that's all I can be. And whatever people think is. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm all, I feel honored that they might feel that way. Though. Maybe the greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So. I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, Clay, in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders for myself, and not only me, but the kids and the volunteers and the parents and the people that have been associated with it. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. The face of women's soccer in the U.S. is Alex Morgan. Phenomenal moment. The semifinal game against Canada where you scored in the extra time. Everyone's thinking, Abby's oh, going to get to that. And, you know, it kind of fell directly to, to me into my head, and it was definitely the biggest goal of my career. Jim Caldwell in his first season as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. If a coach is named a coach in waiting, the next year he becomes that head coach. He goes 14-2. and two, His team goes to the Super Bowl. The next year he goes 10-6. and six. His uh, team goes to the playoffs and then because of a 2-14 and 14 record but part of that record is because certainly one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time misses the entire season after the end of that season the coach is fired is that fair to that coach <laughs> well you know in this business it is <laughs> because um, that's the thing that I think most people that are in it and understand it it's what have you done for me lately at that particular year we didn't win enough games plain and simple he's the one and only Darius Rucker I love sports. I love all sports. I watch them all. I'm into the World Cup right now like everybody else is, but if to me, there's two times a year, the football season and waiting for football season. And right now, I'm waiting for football season. I love it. Oklahoma City Thunder forward Kevin Durant. What about the success that you've had? You're maturing as an NBA player. It's one of the young uh, superstars in the league. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. We've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. You know, hopefully we get to reach our goal one day. From the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU. Sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real relevant radio. Doesn't matter what your sport. 
He talks your language. It's Dell Ware. From the press box to press row, it's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. All right, let's talk some NBA free agency here on From the Press Box to Press Row Trades and such. We got to sort all of this out and to, uh, to help us do that is my man, Mike Wallace, of course, NBA writer for ESPN.com, uh, who joins us, man. And, you know, Mike, I mean, before we even talk free agency, man, all of this craziness, uh, when you talk about what has happened in Baton Rouge, what has happened in St. Paul, Minnesota, now more recently what has happened um, in Dallas, it's uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking, man. And and I thought that you know what we saw in Ferguson, you know, this time a year and a half or so ago, uh, maybe two years ago now. I guess it's been that long. But what we saw in Ferguson, I thought that you know it, that should have been a wake up call, man. I mean, it really should have been a wake up call to both sides. And you know, it, I thought you know when I saw those you know military machines and the tanks and all of those things rolling down a civilian American street like that, uh, I, I just it, it just took me to a place where I never thought I would have to experience. It took me to a place where my mom and my grandmother and my grandfather always told me about from when they were growing up. But not, but we were supposed to be protected from that kind of activity um, because of the advancements, man. But it shows us that, you know, there's still a long way to go. And, and it's unfortunate. And, and now that these things are being captured by video cameras and, and instantly on social media, um, it, it's just heartbreaking, and, and hopefully, you know, as President Obama said, that the, you know, Justice Department will look into this thing and try to, you know, you can't legislate someone's hearts and someone's instincts and someone's actions and someone's hatred, but hopefully, hopefully, man, there can be some, you know, some legislation in there that can prevent this type of thing from happening moving forward, or at least, you know, punish it immediately. So, I mean, from that to what happened in Orlando you know, last month to, you know, just everything that's been going on in society, man. It's just, it's just heartbreaking, really. Yeah, I like your perspective. You always have perspective on everything that's, that's going on and not just, of course, uh, as it relates to the NBA. Um, with that, let's transition to the NBA now because, I mean, you know, we thought, you know, it was all about Kevin Durant and his signing with Golden State. Of course, want to talk with you about that. want to talk with you about these astronomical contracts. But you've covered Dwayne Wade. Uh, for 10 years in Miami, I don't, you know, I my, my thought was Miami. I thought, boy, if they could get, if they had an outside shot, if they could get Kevin Durant, boy, they could be a real contender. And now Dwayne Wade is gone. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, that's, you get whiplash covering these guys, man. I tell you that much. I mean, to go from what was going on Sunday where you had a chance, you know, to be in a, a one-on-one situation, basically, head up with Kevin Durant and, and trying to recruit him, not even three days later, and Dwayne Wade is walking out the door. Um, you know, Pat Riley couldn't have imagined that was going to happen by any stretch of the imagination, but it shows that he has a blind spot, man. I mean, you can't just assume that you're going to continue to to look at Dwayne as a guy that's going to be like an administrator for you. You know what I mean? It's it's different. He's he's hired help. He's the talent. He's the what we call in in, in this industry. You know, he's the uh, the the in, in front camera talent, and you know, he's not a guy that you know you're going to 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 assume is going to have a team and management and ownership perspective on always wanting to sacrifice and do what's best for the team and you know Dwayne it came to a point where he wanted to do what was best for himself and for his legacy and for what he stood for 
And, and honestly, you know, as much as I've seen both sides and I can see the perspective that both sides had, you know, I'm, I, I woke up that next morning after he decided to go to Chicago or the night when he decided to go to Chicago, and part of me said, you know what, man, I'm proud of Dwayne for, for, for standing up for himself and for being the kind of guy that he was. I noticed how difficult that decision had to be for him and the fact that he made it, and he made it for on principle, you know, not on anything else, because he's not going to win any more in Chicago than he already did in Miami. But this was about principle, and, and he did it for himself, and he did it for, you know, to show his kids uh, who he is as a man. And you got to applaud him for that. You also got to hope that this was some sort of a wake-up call for Pat Riley and Mickey Harrison in Miami, that they're not entitled to just, you know, rolling into a room and thinking everybody's just going to bow down and do whatever they want to do. You know, you got to treat people like, you know, like individual contractors. And sometimes, you know, that comes back to bite you. Yeah, I mean, was it a deal where Miami just didn't want – I mean, because to your point, I agree with you and I agree that you have to stand on principle. And if this man for all those years that he was in Miami was never the highest paid player, but you put him out as the face of your organization, there's definitely something wrong with that. With that being said, I mean, could, could Miami have – paid him more and 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 in all fairness he's sort of on the backside of his career they could have paid him more um but they tried to you know they they removed every everything that the miami heat talk about you know emotion family you know team first loyalty heat lifer all of those emotional tags that they preach they didn't practice when it came down to the 11th hour and it was about business and they made a business decision that was brutal in terms of its ramifications but they didn't add emotion into it. Dwayne Wade was adding emotion into it. So they went in with two armed with two different perspectives in terms of how this needed to play out and on what field it was going to play out on. And, you know, that's just the way it, it, it boiled down. And, you know, I'm not going to say it's unfortunate that it had to get to this point because I, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. And I think two years from now, maybe even a year from now, these sides are going to come together and say, you know what, it sh- it, this never should have really happened like like it did. And Dwayne's still going to have his jersey going up in the rafters. He's still going to have his tribute when he comes back, you know, to play for the Heat. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're going to honor him, you know, uh, in a way. And, and when they liquidate his, his uniforms and all of his merchandise. And, you know, it's going to be a good thing for them. You know, at, at some point, you're going to look back on this five, you know, ten years from now and say, you know what, let's remember Dwayne Wade for the 13 years he had in Miami as opposed to the way it ended. Because in all honesty, Pat Riley's not good with breakups. And certainly Dwayne Wade isn't good with breakups either. I mean, his divorce in Miami was very public and very nasty. Um, you know, his business relationships ended in, in, in court, um, which was very public and very nasty. Um, and, and frankly, you know, as, as high profile as his merger with Michael Jordan was, uh, when, when Dwayne signed with the Jordan brand, that ended abruptly, you know, a couple years later. And, you know, and it just didn't go, it didn't meet expectations. So we've seen Dwayne's breakups. We've seen Pat Riley's breakups. And, you know, it's all played out in the public. And, and we've seen how, you know, how these guys sort of recover from those things as well. Lastly, on this, and, and more specifically now, as it relates to the Miami Heat, because, I mean, you know, seeing them in the playoffs last year, um, even, you know, even having to go and, and come back and defeat, uh, and, and defeat Charlotte, um, you know, this seemed to be a an organization that was on the cusp. One more piece, perhaps Bosch comes back uh, this year or this upcoming season. Dwayne Wade, Dragic. I mean, you had some really white side had some really nice pieces, and now you go from possibly getting Kevin Durant and Wade and being a contender to now taking 
real step backwards. Where is the Miami Heat organization right now? I mean, right now they're they're just they're floored right now. It's like they've just been knocked to the deck. You know, you look over and you're looking for a hand up, and it's Hassan Whiteside. You know, in a ninety million dollar, ninety eight million dollar contract, extending his hand out, saying, "Hey, are you you know you ready to get up?" And you're looking up at Hassan, and you're like, "Man, did I really just pay this guy ninety eight million dollars <laughs> over four years?" Not to say Hassan uh, didn't deserve it and, and didn't take advantage of his market value, but I think that's a, a dose of reality now. You went in Sunday thinking that, okay, I can envision a plan in which Dwayne Wade, Hassan Whiteside, Goran Dragic, you know, and, and, and Kevin Durant could be playing in Miami, to coming back two days later, 48 hours to 72 hours later, and not having Dwayne Wade or Kevin Durant, and you're left with a rebuilding job. So you went in a span of three days from envisioning challenging LeBron James and possibly getting back to the finals to looking at a squad that might put you back into the lottery. And, you know, that's just that's, – that's, when Pat Riley talks about the gambles and playing high-state gambles, this is the other side of that. You know, for, six years ago he hit the jackpot. This time he hit rock bottom. And um, now he's got to get, get, get back up and, and dust himself off and dust this organization off and move forward. And uh, it's just, it's, just it, it, it's hard to realize how quickly things can change in this league, but they do change. And, um, you know, Pat Riley's a testament of – building and rebuilding and rebuilding again and now this is going to be the, perhaps the biggest rebuilding job he has in his career mike wallace nba writer for espn.com joins us here on from the press box to press rows we talk nba of course you can also uh, check him out on the show rothenberg mic'd up on espn radio so let's you know i want to talk about i want to get your thoughts on kevin durant first of all signing with golden state were you surprised uh, that that was in fact or in fact did happen and the dynamic now while you know you can look at this and it's almost a situation who do you guard uh, they lose Bogut and they lose uh, Harrison Barnes as well who were two guys that uh, not only did you have a team that meshed but those were some guys that uh, gave you a lot as role players and and more specifically defensively yes I mean it's it's it, it that was the deal that you know I mean I guess the build up to it you they made a spectacle, such a spectacle out of Kevin Durant's uh, free agency. And it's, it's, I'm just scratching my head. Yes, we change and we evolve as we get older. Um, but, you know, when Kevin Durant signed his extension, he did it in such a way that was so anti-LeBron James. I mean, he, he was celebrated for just simply sending out a tweet saying, I'm staying, uh, and, and we got more work to do, you know, when he stayed with Oklahoma City the first time. Where, whereas you know, LeBron James had this big, you know, uh, decision broadcast and everything that went into it from ESPN and all those kind of things. And now, you know, Durant sort of said, you know what, I'm not that kind of guy. And then he ended up becoming exactly that same kind of guy. Um, so, you know, when they went through the spectacle of this and he signed with Rock Nation, which was a, you know, major, major publicity type situation, um, you knew it was going to end up in some kind of change. He didn't go through all of that to go back to Oklahoma City. So, you know, the fact that he went to Golden State, more power to him. I'm on record everywhere that I've said, everywhere I've been asked about this, is saying I don't like the move. I expect, I, I thought, and I hoped that Kevin Durant was a little more competitive in terms of wanting to prove that he can take on a challenge of leading a team to an NBA championship through adversity. I don't know what adversity Golden State's going to face unless it's injury or, or, or internal adversity. They're clearly the best team in the league, and it's not even close. It's not even a close second. You know what I mean? If, with Kevin Durant and on Golden State, that team probably can sweep its way through the NBA playoffs, including the finals. Like I said, basically to me, 
one of the greatest players in the game today, maybe a top three greatest player in the game today, said, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere and hop on a parade float because that's basically all, I'm, all the energy I'm going to have to exert in terms of helping put this team over the top. And it, it, it rubbed me wrong. I can see why he did it if it's ultimately about championships and you just want to ride with the best and, and be a part of that and, that, and that's fine. But you're good enough and you were good enough to beat the team that you fled to. And that's always going to rub me wrong about that, that deal and, and what he did. But as a person, I, I respect Kevin Durant. I respect his game. And I respect his ability to make the decision that he wants to make that, that makes him the most happy. More with Mike Wallace as we're talking NBA on the other side. The following is a message from the Bud Light Party. Bud Light's the beer that's fashionable all year round, before and after Labor Day. So while it might be your last chance to wear your billowy white drawstring pants, Bud Light will be ready for this weekend, the next one, and the one after that. Raise one to right now with Bud Light, the beer that's always in season. This message approved by the Bud Light Party. Raise one to right now. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, AB, St. Louis, Missouri. Men, you know there are a couple of myths that should be cleared away from your belief system. The first myth, women only look for tall, virile, handsome guys with money. The truth is, most women look for guys who know how to get results and save money, too. The second myth, you have to buy expensive drugs to regain your love life or defeat erectile dysfunction. The truth is, there is a product on the market made of seven herbs. It's all natural, costs less than $40, and helps 96% of men who try it regain erections that last, and many guys swear their 20s have returned. Alpha RX Plus works to defeat erectile dysfunction, has no reported side effects, and comes with a money-back guarantee. If you want to defeat erectile dysfunction and save money doing it, Alpha RX Plus should be a part of your belief system. Try Alpha RX Plus and then tell us what you think. AlphaRxPlus.com or call 800 860 1938. Alpha RX Plus. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. You never know who may be a guest on the program. We are joined by Ice Cube, one of the greatest boxers of all time. Sugar Ray Leonard is on the line. We're joined by Demarcus Ware. We are joined by Wendy Raquel Robinson. Art Shell is our guest. Maybe the greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. I'm talking about none other then common mark mariel who's the president and ceo of the national urban league ceo commissioner of the ciaa leon carey none other than the world-renowned smoky north the godfather of go-go chuck brown joins us here talking about none other than doug williams serena williams that was definitely one of the better matches i've ever played missed any of these interviews check us out online at www.boxtorow.com that's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. We're back here on from the press box to press row. We're talking NBA and free agency with Mike Wallace of ESPN.com. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at my Mike check and of course uh, uh, before we took the break Mike was talking about of course Kevin Durant and his signing uh, to Golden State I want to switch gears a little bit Mike and talk about the the monies that are out there you and I about a year ago had this this uh, conversation 
And um, even at that time, I thought um, the uh, contract that Kevin Love, you know, this contract he signed, it was astronomical. I, I thought at least $20 million uh, per year. Now it, it sort of looks looks that way now, especially the way he played uh, in the NBA uh, finals or the lack thereof. And you have guys, I mean, all guys are getting paid, and, and, and it, it's good, you know, that the guys are able to get paid. But to me, if a Mike Conley is getting $153 million over five years, and it, Mike Conley's a great player, Thirty in excess of thirty million dollars—that's crazy. How, how did we? How did we sort of get to this point? Man, um, you know, networks like TNT and and, and 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 you know ESPN said, you know what, we want to keep this as a as a sort of a two-party monopoly, and we don't want to let Fox Sports One get involved. And you know, Sp- Fox Sports came in with a competitive offer to the NBA, and TNT and ESPN said, you know what, we can trump that. And when you flood that much cash into the league, it has to go to the owners by percentage, and the players by percentage. And right now, the players get almost, I think, 51% of the basketball-related revenue, and the owners get 49%. Now, that sounds like it's favorable to the players, especially when you talk about a $24 billion contract or something along those lines, until, <clears throat> excuse me, until you realize that this, until you realize there are 450 NBA players that have to split that 51%. There are thirty owners that have to split the forty nine percent. Right. So so and, and, and the owner the, the players are playing in a salary cap structure where their salaries can be capped and maximized at a certain number. The owners have excessive income uh potential where they can make money in a, 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 a number of different streams. The players, there are only, you know, maybe a dozen or two dozen players in the NBA that can command uh, as much money off the court uh, for making money on their brand name and their names as they can on the court. Every single owner can make as much money and is probably already as wealthy as, as, as they were before they got into the NBA uh, as they have been uh, enhanced by the NBA. So that's why Mike Conley can get that kind of money. So if you can imagine a system in which Mike Conley can average $30 million a season, having never been an all-star, having never got his team to the NBA Finals, and you know, and that's not picking on Mike Conley because I absolutely love him. I understand why he got that money, and Memphis needed to keep him. Right. But I'm saying, if that's the kind of structure that would pay Mike Conley thirty million dollars a year, imagine what Mike Conley's owner is going to be making on that kind of deal in order to be able to pay him that much. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a good point. Um, boy, it, it, to your point, they needed to keep him. But boy, thirty million. I mean, if you, if you can do it, then do it. More power to not only Mike Conley but also to ownership there uh, in Memphis. Um, yeah. uh, off season, whether it's free agency, whether it's a trade, uh, what's been the biggest surprise to this point to you? Uh, to me, the, you know, I, the biggest surprise obviously is Dwayne Wade leaving. Um, because maybe that's the closest, maybe that was, that was the most emotional. I think that trumped Kevin Durant in emotion because logic tells you that, yeah, Kevin Durant, if he goes to Golden State, he's going to win championships. So logically, yes, that's a, a decent move for him. You can see the end game there. But from an emotionally jarring standpoint, what, <laughs> what, what, what Dwayne Wade did and what Miami did to lose him, um, that's the most stunning thing in free agency so far to me. But I, I don't think it's close. Um, teams that have maybe, – maybe there's something we miss because we hear about some of the bigger deals – um, you know, to a lesser degree, maybe, and you know, Washington Bill resigns. I mean, but what else is what else is happening there? What what are some of what are maybe some of the teams that have gotten better? Maybe some of the lesser moves that have been made that have uh, enabled or will enable teams to get better. 
Yeah, I, you know, when you look at that from that standpoint, you know, I could start easily with Indiana. They've been the most impressive in terms of their collection of work. They've been the most impressive team to me from the standpoint of, you know, outside of Golden State, obviously. You know, because I like what they did, and then they only enhanced it. They they made the move to get Jeff Teague to bring him back home in the last year of a very, very friendly contract. Jeff Teague's not even making, you know, $10 million next season. And he's definitely a point guard that would have been a $20 million a year type point guard if he was a free agent this year. So to bring him in that point guard, I think that, that gives them the kind of tempo and the kind of floor leader that they've been lacking. Then when you add Al Jefferson at center there on a $10 million contract, you know, a $10 million a year contract, that's one of the biggest bargains we're going to see in free agency because Jefferson is still a double-double guy, especially when he's in shape and healthy. So, and then you add Thaddeus Young you know, to that mix too. And you already have Paul George. You already have some other pieces there. You have you know, the Turner kid that they, they, they drafted, uh, Miles Turner that they drafted last year. I like what Indiana's done. They still have Monte Ellis there, and they just had to fortify their bench. I really love what Indiana's done. Um, Orlando's taking a, a step ahead. You know, they'll be in the playoffs next year, or they should be competing for one. And, and New York, I mean, as much as you want to laugh at the Derrick Rose initial trade, they've rounded it out pretty nicely. I mean, you know, getting Courtney Lee solidified that and gave them some credibility to what they're going to have as well in terms of defense on that perimeter. So I like, I like what New York is doing. They're going to be relevant. So I just gave you three teams right there, two, three teams right there from the East that didn't make the playoffs that probably will next year. In the West – Utah silently and, and completely under the radar added some veterans. I mean, they, they got Boris Diaw, they got you know George Hill, and they got Joe Johnson. They needed to grow up that young team that already had a great young core with Gordon Haywood and you know guys like that around you know Alec Burks, you know, and Rudy Gobert. So I like what Utah has done on the low, and you know it's a couple other teams that obviously improved themselves. I think Memphis, you know, getting Chandler Parsons was key. That contract is going to be something that you're going to look at in a couple of years and wonder hopefully Chandler can live up to that. But, you know, those teams, there have been a couple of teams that have, that have definitely helped themselves. About, and I just gave you five of them there, and I'm sure I'm missing a couple more, but those are the five that stand out as the under-the-radar kind of teams that really improve themselves. Check him out on ESPN Radio, Rothenberg, Mike Dup. Also follow him on Twitter at MyMikeCheck. You can also read his work on ESPN.com. He is Mike Wallace. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As always, Mike, great insight, man, and we'll, we'll talk with you real soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Don. I appreciate it, man. So there you have it. Mike Wallace, one of the best in the business, breaking down NBA free agency. I like what he had to say, especially about some of those moves under the radar, more specifically with Utah, who, as he mentioned, young and talented, and you really don't hear a whole lot about Utah, but with the uh, the veteran pieces they added, those are some really nice moves. Um, and what Mike had to say was he didn't like he w- he wasn't in favor of Kevin Durant's move in terms of him going uh, to Golden State and in essence joining a team that has already been assembled. Um, and and you know I mean you you still got to play the obviously got to play the game, but I mean you know who wouldn't think that. Golden State now has to be hands down the favorite to win the championship this year. Uh, you know, you got to play because we thought the same after Golden State won the 73 games in the regular season and had Cleveland three games to one and ended up losing the series. But, you know, like I said, I, I 
You know, I don't really have a, a, a huge problem with what Kevin Durant is doing. I mean, a lot of times your career is, can be defined by how many championships you win, i.e., you can, you know, Charles Barkley, for example, um, who, as great as his career was, the knock and, and, you know, really stepped it up with Phoenix and Phoenix was able to make the finals and, of course, his his start with the 76ers in the latter part of, of Dr. J's career. But at the end of the day, um, as great a career as Charles Barkley had, he didn't win a championship. And it's not to diminish from what he was able to accomplish, but the bottom line is he just wasn't able. You want to be able to win that championship. Look at a Carl Malone, as great a career as Carl Malone had. Carl Malone never able to win an NBA championship. And then sometimes you're defined or can be defined. I shouldn't say def- you are defined. You can be defined by the lack of the number of championships you win, i.e. Wilt Chamberlain, as great a career as Wilt Chamberlain had, only two NBA championships, and you can look at all the other championships uh, perhaps that he, he lost. And, you know, maybe for a moment – LeBron James, I mean, I don't think it would have tarnished LeBron James's legacy had, A, Cleveland not won it this year, uh, or had um, LeBron, by the time he hangs it up, had not won another NBA championship, so he would have only uh, won two. I think, you know, you, you can't diminish what uh, LeBron James has done and, and by the time his career ends would have done. But, boy, it certainly helped. Uh, that he was able to win the championship this year, and particularly in the manner in which Cleveland won the championship and how he led Cleveland to winning that championship. I think that is a career definer. And, um, you know, I I, I had this discussion a couple of months ago um, where, you know, to me, um, I think right now LeBron James is a top five player of all time. And I'm not just saying that because we're in his era. I really broke it down. I don't want to get into all of that right now, but in my opinion, he is. And this championship solidifies that even more. The fact that he came back to Cleveland to get it done, um, he could have easily stayed in Miami where there was a better team. I, I realize Chris Bosh, with his health issues, kind of uh, would have diminished Miami a, a little bit in terms of how great a team they are, although LeBron and Dwayne Wade are exceptional. But to be able to, in the manner in which LeBron James was able to get it done, I mean, it, it, it to me solidifies him as one of the greatest of all time. So I, I don't blame Kevin Durant. Um, and, and, and I think he, you know, he's not necessarily coming to a team where, He's going to be part of a of, of a ride, or could be part of a ride. He's going to be an integral part of this ride. He enhances and makes Golden State better. He puts now Golden State ahead of Cleveland, and the debacle that happened with Golden State up three games to one with a Kevin Durant, I don't think necessarily happened. So I, I'm in favor. I you know I have no problem with Kevin Durant coming to Golden State. As we get ready to wrap it up here on From the Press Box to Press Row, I want to thank John Leguizamo for joining us here on the program. Also, Mike Wallace for joining us as well. For more information on From the Press Box to Press Row, you can log on to our website at boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that support 
Yo! From the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications.